Welcome to the Plexus Podcast. Brad Johnson is joined today by Dr. Kirk Peterson of Chowan University. Welcome to the Plexus Podcast Series. Today I have Dr. Kirk Peterson from Chowan University. How are you doing today, Dr. Peterson? Doing very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So let's start with your athletics program. Um, I know that your football team cracked the top 25 for the first time in school history. So how does athletics, how, what role does, does athletics play uh, with students, with athletes, with brand, with excitement around the school? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, our athletic department is, it represents 45% of our student body. Um, we have um, 22 uh, different varsity sports. We also have cheerleading and JV uh, basketball. And we're looking at other developmental teams as well uh, for the future. And that, that's also part of the Conference Carolina pushes as well. Um, the men's football, well, the football team uh, is number 24 in the nation uh, today. And Saturday we have um, perhaps one of the biggest games schools had really since probably the 19... Um, uh, early 1980s, late 1970s. Uh, this is the best record we have started off with since 1980. And we play Bowie State. And I think uh, they're three-time defending uh, conference champion and, and CIAA. And so we are um, incredibly uh, proud of our, our team. But uh, men's uh, soccer is top 25 in the nation as well. And I think the men's swim team is just rated in the top 25 in the nation uh, as well. And so uh, the athletic program is it's crucial to the su- success of the, uh, the university, but we pride ourselves on, on being um, uh, well-rounded. So in addition to athletics, we have uh, all other kinds of uh, student life activities, but being one of the five Baptist schools of North Carolina, we spend a, a significant amount of our time um, pre-pandemic, of course, on missional work. And we, we typically take a domestic and an international uh, mission trip each year. Um, so it's a, a phenomenal opportunity. Uh, we have uh, the academic side of the house as well, that they have uh, many, not only um, academic programs, of course, majors and minors, but uh, also um, curricula that is uh, surrounding uh, two really uh, very special uh, academic programs. That's university honors and university fellows. Uh, and it's 90 and 80% um, retention rate, uh, respectively. So th- there's a lot that, that goes on in a, in a small school. And uh, we're, we're about 1,000 students and um, about 200 faculty and staff on, on the payroll. So let's talk a little bit about that. Your faith-based education, under 1,000 students, you know, in, in an environment where the market is saturated, how does, how does Chowan compete? Hmm. You know, uh, every, every college and university, of course, has its tagline. Um, and I don't know if every college and university truly believes in it or if it's just a simple marketing advertising uh, ploy. Ours is faith in your future. And it's been that tagline for um, since really the early 2000s. And we, we live it every day. Um, we, we typically say that we have a great number of students of promise all the way to having students of prominence. And hey, Dr. Peterson, yes. I'm sorry. Could you, could you hold on one second? 
I'm, I'm having some internet issues. So just give me one second. Sure. I'm just going to pause. Let me pause the request. Welcome to the Plexus podcast series. Today we have Dr. Kirk Peterson from Shawan University in North Carolina. How are you doing today, Dr. Peterson? Very well. Very well, thank you. It's a beautiful day here in Northeast North Carolina. Thank you for having me. Happy, happy to have you. Uh, let's start with athletics. Your football team is in the top 25. Um, first athletic team at Chowan to break the top 25 in its history. Can you talk a little bit about the influence that the team and athletic general has had on the institution? Yeah, 45% of our students are student athletes, Chowan, and it is an incredibly uh, important and vital aspect of our our uh, university, but also student life. Uh, our football team did crack top 25 nation this weekend. We, we play uh, Bowie State three-time defending uh, CIAA champ, and uh, it, it is incredibly important, and it's most um, anticipated uh, football game we've had probably since uh, late 70s, early 80s. And uh, it's going to be uh, a great time, great atmosphere. And um, it's going to be two great teams um, battling on the, on, the, on the field. But also our men's soccer team, top 25 of the nation. And that's the first time they've uh, cracked the top 25 as well. And Coach uh, Wally has that team playing at a very high level. And we have um, a four-time uh, NCAA All-America uh, leading the way for us, Toby Sims. And uh, they're, they're just a, it's a fun team to watch and incredibly well coached. And our men's swim team has also cracked uh, the national rankings as well. So I'm, I'm very proud of the athletic department. Uh, we have uh, 22 uh, sports and then we also have cheerleading and um, uh, JV basketball and esports. And our esports program is uh, really going to uh, take off here as well. We have a, a wonderful coach, uh, uh, regionally, nationally, and internationally recognized as an outstanding coach, and and we're excited to see what she's going to do with esports. But uh, all in all, the, the athletic programs uh, represent a, a significant part, but it doesn't take away from the other aspects of the university where we have robust uh, student activity programs. We have Greek life. We have uh, theater, we have choral uh, performances, we have a student-led choir that's uh, instruments of praise, and we also have um, a number of different ministries that go along with that. But uh, on top of that, we, we're also really developing our Student Government Association. And so we're really proud of everything that they're doing in, in student life, uh, as well as athletics. Well, excellent. And now you are in a town, Murfreesboro, is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, so you're, you're probably familiar also that in Tennessee, there's a Murfreesboro. Yeah, and it's named by the same family. And, and Is it really? Why, yeah, and that's why it's spelled the same as well. Okay, yeah. well, maybe we could talk a little bit about your background, because mm -hmm. I know you got your, your graduate degrees at University of Tennessee. Right. But maybe you can talk a little bit about your background, why education, and what led you to the presidency? Oh, um, I started off. And I was, um, I was really probably going to go to a different uh, undergraduate institution. I ended up going to University of Wisconsin on lacrosse. Um, and, and that's because I, um, 
well, I, I was injured my senior year in high school and I was, uh, was really contemplating going to uh, University of Pennsylvania or Columbia University. And uh, my swim coach at the time was really pushing uh, the idea of going to the Naval Academy. And uh, I just didn't think that I could do a division one athletic program with the, the injuries that I've sustained at that time. So uh, I went to Wisconsin lacrosse, followed my uh, older brother, uh, had a great time there, had a, a world-class uh, swimming coach and, and mentor and Dr. Richard Pine, who just recently retired from the Wisconsin system. And from there, I went to uh, University of Tennessee uh, to earn a, a master's in sports psychology, master's in mental health counseling, and then also a PhD in sports psychology. And I, I don't know how many hours I did, I think over 180 hours in the six years that I was there and uh, had a wonderful um, education. Uh, I had an outstanding opportunity as to be a graduate assistant for rec sports there. Uh, but uh, the major professor I had, Dr. Patricia Vidal, was just uh, uh, unbelievable. And uh, I really probably modeled my uh, career and the approach to, to teaching philosophically after her. She was very much student-centered and it was about uh, what I wanted to accomplish and how she can assist me. And so I think now uh, looking at education, that's, that's really kind of how I, I imagine what I do is looking at what our students want to accomplish and how can we as an institution support that. Um, I, interesting story, we had a, a young lady that, that came to us that, that literally was homeless at one point in her life, uh, ended up uh, traveling overseas uh, with our um, mission, her, uh, we have a student, well, it's not student-led, but it's uh, a Christian um, Service Association. Uh, and also, Mary Wiles, our, our minister to the university, uh, she leads either at both the domestic and international uh, mission trips each year, you know, pre-pandemic and hopefully post-pandemic. And this, this young lady took, uh, I think, five or six trips uh, overseas uh, during a time of a number of different uh, uh, mission trips. And, and did a lot of internet or domestic as well. She, she came to me and she said she really wanted to go to grad school. So we looked at Gardner-Webb. We had Robert Conoy, uh, Dr. Conoy, who, who ran the Divinity School there on campus for a, a speaking engagement. And they hit it off really well. Next thing, you know, this young lady is going to Gardner-Webb. And then a week or two later, she comes to me and she, she looks disappointed. She said, Dr. Dr. Peterson, you're gonna be upset. When, you know what's going on she said i'm not going to go to garden web and I, I just thought maybe something had happened that uh I was forcing her hand not to go she said no i, I i'm going to go to mercer i got a better deal for myself and i don't want you to be upset you know i think it was incredibly sweet that she was thinking i was going to be upset but this was never about me it was about this young lady getting a chance uh from from being homeless to now having a master's of divinity uh, just an amazing story, and she is going to change the trajectory of not only her career, but uh, her family's expectation for generations to come, because they now see uh, this young lady as, as being uh, the, the model, the role model. And, and so it's, it's just very, very similar. She was a student promise, not because her grades were poor, not because uh, she was uh, financially um, distraught or anything of that nature. She was really just very much untapped potential. And once we got her into the course courses and once she got a chance to, 
to see what it was all about through the missional work under Mary Wiles and also her um, academic uh, advisors and, and professors, she just became world-class. And I, I could put her up uh, academically, spiritually, intellectually, emotionally uh, against uh, just about anyone we've had, but it was all about what she wanted, not, not about what we wanted, but how, how to help her get to that, that point. And I think that's just a microcosm of what we do at, at Shawana. Well, I think that's great. I can mention, a, you know, Mrs. Whaley and a Mr. Zero Westy in elementary school, you know, being mentors for me. And it, it is, it truly is um, transformational how teachers can really move students in the right direction. Absolutely. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a great story. And so um, talk to me a little bit about the competition. You know, I know with faith-based institutions in particular, but the market in general, it's, it's very saturated. Yeah. So, you know, so how do you, how do you compete? Well, you know, we're one of the five Baptist schools in North Carolina, so it does set us apart and to a certain degree. But there are 36 private colleges and universities in North Carolina. Um, I, I came from a, a, a system in Ohio where uh, private liberal arts institutions were uh, in, in the uh, dozens, and they were all really, really good, like Kenyon and Denison and Case Western and College of Wooster. I mean, just phenomenal places. Um, and one thing I've come to realize is that, you know, you, you have um, an opportunity to celebrate your niche. You also have an opportunity to celebrate your history. And we, we are going to be 100 and I think 73 years old, or we are the, this month. And uh, we're, we're the sister institution to Wake Forest. And now Wake Forest and Chihuahua are, 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 there's a world apart nowadays. But, uh, you know, I, I think part of it is, is that we, we stay true to our original mission. Uh, we started out as a female Baptist institute in 1848. And uh, the history that, that goes along with this small little town, uh, and, but also the pride that comes with it. I, I have, I've lived in a lot of different places, a lot of different states, and Northeast North Carolina are, the, are undoubtedly the nicest folks that I've ever met. And, my wife and I, when we left here in 2010, we couldn't wait to get back and, and had the opportunity in 2018. Now, how do we separate ourselves? If you look down our, our faculty uh, roster, uh, we're second to none. Uh, 85% of our faculty are terminally degreed from world-class institutions, and I'll say Tennessee to Alabama to Ohio State and uh, to Yale. Uh, we have world-class faculty. Um, we also have uh, an amazing uh, staff, many of whom are graduates of this institution. But, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. You hear over and over and over from our, our faculty and staff that, you know, they came here and, and didn't think this was going to be the place that they were going to spend more than two or three years. But here they are 15, 20, even 40 years later, talking about how this institution just grabbed their heart. And I think that the students uh, are, are certainly uh, the, the driving force. This is a student-centered uh, university. The faculty are going to know their students. The, stu the staff are gonna know the students. Uh, and I often use an acronym team to describe what happens. And one, uh, the main uh, role of the faculty here is to teach and teach well. Uh, second, we're going to engage the student and we're going to engage them either in that classroom, we're going to engage them in campus ministries, we're going to engage them in Greek life, student government association, athletics, 
are the many student life activities that, that can be found on campus. Uh, third, we're going to advise, and we're going to advise very, very well. We're going to help our students uh, get to graduation experience, uh, everything that goes along with college life, and, and achieve that return on their investment, and, and either get into grad school, med school, vet school, law school, uh, or get into the workforce. And then M, we're going to mentor. And that mentoring happens uh, while they're here, but then well after uh, they leave uh, this institution. Uh, I am so proud when I receive uh, letters and notes from uh, from some of my former students, uh, just talking about some of the, the things they learned in class and how they've uh, used it in, the, in their uh, daily life, but also in their uh, classroom. Because not only do we teach the, the value of the books and the liberal arts, but we also teach what it's like to live in the world and to be uh, productive uh, members uh, of this society to, to, to live a honorable life and, and one that is uh, full of, um, uh, of joy. And, and, but we also know that uh, heartache uh, comes along with it as well. So I, we, we, we often have a mentality in between all the academic stuff that happens on this campus, real life happens as well. And those are some of the great lessons. And I think that what separates us from a lot of the institutions that uh, uh, I've been at or, or even know about, uh, it's just the faculty and staff and how they truly, truly love on our students and want to see them succeed and, and will help them along the way. And, and that can mean all kinds of different uh, things to each of the students and to the faculty. But uh, in the end, the faculty and staff that are here feel led to be here. Uh, I think that that's part of that uh, faith in your future. And it's not just faith in the future of the faculty, I'm sorry, students, but it's also faith in the future of the faculty and staff as well. And then on top of all that, we have an amazing board of trustees. Back in 2003, this university was uh, literally weeks away from closing due to financial uh, exigency. We, have a, we had a board that, that never lost sight. We have a community that never lost sight of the value of Chowan University and to the uh, area, to the region, and, and now internationally. And because of that board of trustees, uh, this school is doing exceptionally well uh, today. And uh, we're not going anywhere for a long time. In fact, I, I really do think that um, after 173 years that we're really just uh, developing some of our really deep roots in, in what we do uh, for our students, what we do for the state, region, and internationally. Um, it was just a, a short time ago, we broke ground on a, a church that we're going to build on campus. It's going to be a 170 seat, 5,000 square foot church, uh, where a lot of places in the country, they, they won't even think about building. We, we're going to break ground on a, on a church. And uh, that's because we, we have decided, and, and, and certainly has been part of the moral fabric of this university that put Jesus Christ first in what we do. And so I, I think that... Um, uh, a lot of schools will have a lot of the same things going for them, I, but it comes down to the relationship that the students have with the faculty staff, and, and I'll put our, our uh, experience up against any in the nation. And so when you look at, when you look at competition, uh, you know, typically collaboration goes hand in hand, collaboration with community, with, you know, with the local community, other institutions. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, student success, and really, as you mentioned, lifelong success, mm -hmm. you know, students that get jobs in the job market and jobs that may not exist today, but will be here in 10 years. How do you, how do you ensure that students are prepared for the job market ahead? 
Well, you know, part of it is, is that the fact that they have to continue to hone their craft. You know, they, it's the constant um, uh, development, uh, you know, it's lifelong learning. It's, it's what we uh, try to teach the students that once you graduate here, you, you have earned the right to begin. You haven't finished, uh, you, you've earned the right to begin and you've gotta be a lifelong learner. And our faculty are that. They, they still engage in peer reviewed research. They still take their uh, pre-pandemic and certainly we, we plan post-pandemic to, to be involved in our um, professional uh, disciplines and, and, and go to uh, state, regional, even national, international conferences. Uh, and, and because of that, you, it's the old, old adage of iron sharpens iron. Uh, our faculty, uh, because of their backgrounds academically and because of what they uh, so intrinsically uh, lo love to do, and that's to, to educate our students and, and to help shape them, uh, it, it's, it's amazing. It's just to watch it happen. I, you know, the one thing I do miss as president of the university, and, and never million years did I think I was going to be a president of the university, and especially one as special as uh, Chowan University. I thought I'd, I, I was going to be a faculty member, and then I was going to be a therapist, a mental health uh, counselor, um, part-time, and, and work with um, adolescents. And that's what I did when I was in grad school and just soon after grad school, and I loved it. Uh, but like everything, the good Lord has a way of moving us in a direction and, and leading us, and, and we have to um, pay attention to that and, and, and follow. Uh, there are going to be many doors that open and, and we have to test. Uh, and then I think that we'll find the, the place that we're, we're called to be. And right now, uh, my wife and I, and, and we have two sons that are, are, one's a fifth year senior, one's a freshman at Chowan, and we couldn't be more proud. I, I mean, I literally get to hand my son his degree, his diploma mm -hmm. in, in wow. May. And so there, there's nothing that I could be, uh, that could I'd be more proud of being able to do that. And and Chowan is just a, it's a remarkable place and, and with amazing people. Um, my job is not easy, but it's made easier because of the faculty and staff and how devoted they are and how they, they are constantly shaping uh, their departments, shaping the academic programs, the, the social programs, the spiritual programs. And um, I'm mightily blessed to, to work with a world-class faculty and staff. Yeah, that, that's, ama that's amazing. I mean, it really is something that's very unique. And um, when I look at your student population, it looks like the percentage of out-of-state students is slightly higher than in-state. Is that correct? You know, we, we get probably 85% of our students within 100 to 200 miles. And, and certainly the pandemic is going to reshape uh, the, the, I guess, the state um, boundaries, if you will, and where we we go, we had, we're starting to see a lot of more students that are staying home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're seeing a lot more students looking at schools like Chowan that are a rural in nature uh, as, as being the ideal institution because we are keeping our students safe. Last year, we had 43 cases on campus. And right now, if you look on our website, you can see the active number of cases on campus. Uh, we've, we've probably have had um, in the teens for students and certainly probably close to the teens with faculty and staff. Uh, and, and, but we have a, an incredibly devoted medical team with uh, athletic trainers and also the, the, the student life uh, portion of the, the university that do a, a phenomenal job of taking care of our students. But you know that resonates, that resonates with moms and dads, 
aunts and uncles, grandparents, and it's a whole family decision in, in many ways as to where are you going to go to school because you've got to maintain that safety because these students are going to leave here in two weeks, for example, and go home for uh, fall break. Are we sending them safely home? Are we sending them to a home that mom, dad, grandparents, and, and whomever else might be in the house are, are, are going to be safe because our students are returning to them? And then how do we welcome them back after a four-day week? And then we have to consider what do we do after Thanksgiving and certainly when they come back in January after Christmas break. So there's a lot of consideration about what we're doing, but I think that also plays into why a lot of our students are coming from within 100, 200 miles of, of the campus and how they're, they're attracted to a small rural town because uh, it is safe right now. We don't have the population of Raleigh or Norfolk or Greenville where um, uh, COVID is much, much easier to uh, come into contact just by mm -hmm. your um, uh, percentage and, and um, probability. Yeah. Well, and talk to me a little bit about your strategic plan and your, and your growth plan as it relates to online, because I do know uh, there's a percentage of yeah, so you know, they're at least taking hybrid programs right now. You know, we we do have online programming or graduate programs, and, and we will have one adult degree completion program, and that will be in, in business. But we're going to work on a couple more. You know, Chowan has always been known as a um, teaching institution. Uh, it is is a uh, ninety two percent of our students live on campus. Uh, we do have commuters certainly, but this is a residential face to face experience. Uh, we are not some of the other uh, institutions where they pride themselves on, on having, you know, students in every state and every country, and um, that's not us. Uh, there are places uh, that that's what they do, and they do it incredibly well. We couldn't do that at that level, uh, and so what we do, we we find a way to integrate the technology into the classroom. Uh, and during the pandemic, we did one week. One week we went from a face-to-face -face institution to a virtual one. And then uh, we were able to hire an expert in how to deliver education online. Uh, and he has done a remarkable job, but our faculty have really studied on how to do this too. Uh, and, and then we had, to, we had to teach our students how to do it. You know, the, the online program for us is, is more of a supplement to the face-to-face -face experience. And, and now because the, of Zoom and technology, Regardless of the weather, we can have class every day, all day, and, and we don't miss that classwork and that classroom experience because of the technology. Uh, I do think that moving forward, we'll, we'll start seeing more of our opportunities go online, but we'll never be an online institution. Yeah, and, and like you said, there's so much there's so much that goes into that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so like as you said, there's so much training technology that goes into yeah into online as well. Um, so where do you see Chowan being, where, where are you gonna be in 10 years? Well, I, you know, we, our strategic plan ends, I mean, the current one does in uh, uh, 20, well, actually here, here, we need to start writing it this, um, this spring and into the summer and we've begun the process. So we're looking at strategic plan and one in three year uh, plan. And now, you know, a lot of strategic plans are five plus years and we're gonna do one in three, at this time, because we need to get through the pandemic, get on the other end of this. Now, there, there's no doubt that COVID is going to be with us for the rest of our lives, more likely. 
Uh, and like the flu and everything else, we're going to have to learn how to live with that. Uh, and part of the strategic plan is, is now, over the next year, what's realistic and how do we maintain our, uh, the integrity of the institution uh, while continuing to capture our market share. And uh, then three years, and then once we get beyond that, then we can get back together and start thinking about a, a five-year-plus uh, strategic plan. But we're also going to in, engage in a master plan of the institution. We have 488 acres uh, uh, for this campus, and we have an opportunity to uh, even take our athletic complex or parts of our athletic programs out by the, the uh, highway that's here in, in town where hundreds of thousands of cars each year travel uh, by and to see uh, Chowan University from that standpoint. We're, so we have a lot to think about. We, we have academic programs that we need to launch. We have uh, academic programs, unfortunately, that, that um, may phase out. Um, and we could, you have to constantly stay uh, relevant and current in, in the academic uh, uh, programming. So I, I, I think that we're, we're gonna see a, um, a lot of movement in the next year to three years. Uh, but in 10 years from now, I'd like to see us in between 1,500 and 2,000 students. We'd have a, a very uh, deep uh, graduate program. We have uh, current relevant uh, academic uh, undergraduate programs to include uh, associate degrees. Uh, we, we are in an area that is economically uh, depressed. Uh, and part of that is uh, engaging this area uh, and how can we do so to, to help with that uh, depression. So I, I would love to see us uh, interact with the government, both state and also federal, and helping uh, bring GEDs, uh, more accessible GEDs. Uh, and then how does that relate to earning college credits as you're, as you're earning the GED? Because I think that uh, Chowan University not only has the honor, but we, we certainly have an obligation to help uh, change a cycle of um, economic depression in this area. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. And I'll tell you something. I, I, I personally think, uh, you know, there are a lot of institutions out there um, that, you know, like yours, that that is is a smaller institution, a faith based institution, but is so resilient. Mm -hmm. You know, you oftentimes read or hear about the demise of higher education and how, you know, yeah. tens, if not dozens of schools will close their doors. Well, I, I flip that around and, and I say, because I've talked to a number of presidents and, and the resiliency that institutions like Chowan has in your community and your, your faculty, your students, your brand, mm -hmm. it, it really resonates and really helps sustain the institution. We, we have a remarkable alumni base. Uh, it's, it's so much fun to see uh, folks come back and they have over the last few weeks and homecoming a week away. And um, I think we'll have one of the biggest homecomings that, that we've had and in, in, well, maybe maybe ever, uh, given the fact that our athletic programs are, are participating at such a high level. And uh, uh, I do think that uh, when we win Saturday, that next week with homecoming will even be uh, even sweeter for, for a lot of that. And, uh, you know, we, we have students um, that, are, that relate to our alumni base and our alumni who relate to these students because they came from either similar backgrounds, whether it's geographic, uh, whether it is spiritual or whether it was financial. 
uh, and for our, our, our alumni to be able to speak with students and vice versa, to talk about how they were able to use their life experiences to, to make a, a success in, in the career, whether it was um, uh, being a legendary coach, uh, a financier, a, an amazing accountant, uh, a fantastic uh, a religious leader and a spiritual leader and to uh, a great teacher. Uh, we, we have uh, a lot of folks that uh, have embraced this university as, as, a, as the place that gave them a chance. And, you know, I like to say that we have a thousand potential success stories walking campus every day. And, um, and it's our job to help them reach those um, lofty goals. And, and, and we have a, an alumni base and board of trustees, faculty and staff there behind them. And uh, it's just uh, phenomenal. I'll give you an example, you know, during the pandemic, uh, we had a record uh, year last year in fundraising. You know, I, I, it, that's just, a, it's a testament to, um, a testimony to our, our, our alumni, to the friends of the university, the boards, who just love this place and see the, the potential, even though we're 173 years old, there's still a huge amount of potential here. Uh, and there's a lot more that we need to do. And uh, the great thing about that is, you know, if as long as we continue to be good stewards of God's resources, he'll, he'll continue to bless this university. And that's what uh, we try to do each day. And I think that's so great. I mean, the ability to, you know, that it's so valuable because, you know, oftentimes in many instances, you go to, an, you know, you go to an institution, you may have resources there, but then once you leave, boy, mm -hmm. there's, there, in many instances, there's a lot of disconnect. Yeah. And yeah. so that ability to maintain that lifelong um, connection, friendships, and you know, business resources is really amazing, and and in in my estimation, very unique. Well, you know, I we we celebrate each year someone who's put in thirty years or forty years at the university, and, and that's not uncommon for Chuan. Uh, it's it's absolutely amazing um, the deep deep roots that form uh, in this small. A town of Murfreesboro, and uh, but uh, you know it, it's just amazing. Two weeks ago, uh, I was sitting with a group of gentlemen at the at the football game, all of whom had uh, amazing stories of where they were when they got here to where they are uh, currently. All all of whom are retired, but all uh, achieved uh, at the highest end. Uh, and I'm not just talking about a financial achievement. I'm talking about the personal satisfaction, a professional, uh, challenging uh, type of uh, achievement. And they all uh, succeeded at the highest uh, level. And uh, for our, our students to be able to listen to some of these stories, um, and, and they come from all ethnicities, all backgrounds. And it's just, it's, re it's remarkable. And, and it is also very, very humbling. Um, you know, I, 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 my father was uh, college educated. My mother had a master's degree. My mother was the breadwinner of the family um, and she was a teacher. And, and so uh, I knew the value of education. I knew the value of what an educator could do. My dad was an educator for a number of years as well. But I also uh, learned the value of hard work and perseverance. And, and I think that that's also one of the reasons why I love this school, because as you said, the, you know, so many schools like this, and especially Chuan, has had to persevere a number of times. Uh, we've almost closed. We have closed during the war. 
and then it took the local businessmen to to reopen the university. Uh, and so we, we've seen a, a tremendous amount uh, of perseverance in this in this uh, uh, little old school here in Murfreesboro, North Carolina. And uh, to be a part of that history is just uh, honored, definitely an honor. Well, that's great. Well, I, I'll tell you, I feel like we could we could talk for hours. I really appreciate your time. Um, you know, Dr. Peterson, thank you so much. My pleasure. Uh, it's always my it's pleasure to talk about the school. You know, and, and again, like I just said, it's always my pleasure talking about the school, but also the faculty and staff. But, you know, um, you know, it, it's amazing. Uh, Gardner Webb was very similar, Urbana University, very similar. But those schools attracted me because it was about the student. And, and there are so many schools out there that it's about the student and each of us do it in our own little way. And, um, and when you see that connection, yeah, and it's just, uh, it's amazing. It really is. I, uh, when I first got here, I met this young man. He was one of eight uh, f uh, children to Haitian immigrants and he was the first to go to college and his uh, family. Uh, he, um, he and I became uh, friends over the years. I even to the point when, when he graduated, we were planning on what he was going to do and found out that he didn't have a driver's license. And we we're trying, he's gonna to go to grad school, he's gonna do these things. And I was like, well, how are you gonna do that? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, we need to teach you how to drive. Um, and he says, how do we do that? I just started thinking, I said, you know what? I'll do it. I said, you come over Saturday mornings and I'll teach you Get how to drive. And, yep. and, and so we did that. I, I, I taught him how to drive. And uh, he and I still touch, uh, touch base, usually on a, on a monthly basis. And, you know, it, it's one of my uh, great sense of, well, it's a privilege to do that. But it, uh, I remember at one point, we're doing these uh, driving lessons. And, and uh, he, he looks at me, he said, Dr. Peterson, how many presidents in the country teach their students how to drive? And I said, well, I hope if all given a chance, they all would. You know, and that's, that's what we're, we're to do. I mean, we're supposed to serve our students and we're supposed to serve our faculty and staff. And um, there's nothing more satisfying than seeing someone succeed. And, and when you put your, your personal investment in, it's, it's hard for them to fail. So, um, you know, that's what Chowan does. They, you know, these folks, they put themselves into what they do. Um, it, it's, it's remarkable. That's great. Yeah. Serve, you know, students first. Mm. And, and it's so true. There's, there's really nothing more satisfying to then, than to give mm -hmm. and to see others succeed. And, and to your point, students first, I love, I love it. I love it. Well, thanks again. I'll tell you, this is, this has been uh, a true treat for me. Well, thank you for having me. All right. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information on Plexus, you can visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. That's P-L-E-X-U-S-S dot com forward slash solutions. Or you can email us at podcast at plexus.com.